0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I've been listening to it for a while. It gets very aggravating. Uh, I'm outside quite a bit because I'm a a smoker and I listen to it constantly.
1: And it's been driving these people in Windsor crazy. They all listen to this crazy humming sound for over a decade. And now that sound has stopped. This is called the Hum. A uh, monotonous, low-pitched buzzing sound that if you lived in uh, the area of Windsor, then you'd hear it rattle your windows. It was just this irritation to kids and smokers and animals. And uh, after thousands of complaints over the years, because this started back in about 2011 or 12, it finally was looked into. The feds teamed up with the University of Windsor to try to figure out what is this sound. And it's always been believed that it, it came from Zug Island. This is an industrial island near Detroit in the U.S.-Canada border. But the problem is U.S. really wouldn't let researchers onto the grounds. They didn't want anyone from our side going to this U.S. steel plant to see if they could find evidence. And then suddenly a pandemic came and lockdowns came. And in July 2020, the hum stopped. And that's because the company shut things down for the pandemic. And I guess once they turned those blast furnaces off, there's been silence ever since. Dr. Colin Novak is a Windsor University of Windsor professor. I appreciate you joining us on this.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: I remember I spoke about this with a couple of people from Windsor that had been fighting to get this hum stopped um, years ago, and it just they couldn't figure it out. They didn't know where it was. They always thought it was from Zug Island, and and then it just went. I guess all we needed was a pandemic to stop uh, stop this. However. Um, What's the long-term damage on this for people? Is there any?
0: I, I don't think that there's any real long-term damage. Uh, we were able to to measure the sound, measure the hum. Um, the It was an irritant more than anything else. Um, the amplitudes of the sound pressure levels weren't very excessive. What was annoying about it is the fact that it was there, the time of the day that it would occur. And I think people are very nervous about what they don't understand or what, what they don't know. Now, having said that, uh, there are some people on the west end of the of the city who heard it much more often than right. people further away. And, of course, these people were more annoyed. And, and if you want to talk about health impacts or health effects long term, um, annoyance will certainly cause that. But the the actual sound of the hum wasn't anything that would cause physical damage.
1: Yeah, you know, you, you, you lose your mind slowly over a period of time, but you'll be healthy uh, while you do it. Having said that, I guess for a, a while there, there was a thought that maybe it was windmills that had gone up in the area. But uh, I guess, you know, once the pandemic hit, and I guess no one ever thought after years of research that it would take a lockdown to figure it out. But how certain are you that it became it, that the sound is from that island?
0: Well, we're certain that it came from that area, from the initial study that was done in 2011 by National Resources Canada, just before we became involved. What they did is they set up a number of seismometers throughout the city, and these measure the vibrations in the ground, and they gathered data and they compared this data to the time of the complaints uh, that people were calling in. And there were several conclusions that were made. Um, The first one was that they concluded that it was an airborne excitation. So the sound or the, the, um, the annoyance wasn't traveling as a vibration through the ground. It was actually traveling through the air. And we know that because of the speed of the propagation. And the second thing that uh, was concluded was that it was from the general area of Zug Island. And the way we did that is through triangulization of the data, similar to how you see on, on TV where they'll ping cell phone signals and be able to locate where a person is in general. Um, the same thing was done with the vibrations that were picked up in the ground and they were able to triangulate it on Zug Island.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it took the lockdown to stop it. And the saving grace is that, I guess, the steel company's not going back online. And so they now have silence. But I do wonder, moving forward, I mean, there has to be some kind of obligation by um, governments. I mean, if this had happened in Canada and the investigation had to go through the Canadian government, it would have been done years ago, probably. But because it involved a a, a foreign government, you uh, Researchers like yourself, even our government, could not get access to do proper investigation. And so what is the obligation or is there an obligation for companies when they set up to make sure that these things are mitigated?
0: Yeah, that that's certainly the, the challenge, and we certainly face that challenge with, with this case as well. We did have not only govern, governments on both sides of the border, but we had multiple levels of government. Here in uh, in Canada, we had city of Windsor, we had the Minister of the Environment for Ontario. And then ultimately, things started to happen when the federal government uh, became involved. Because that's who who actually um, asked for our study to be done. And then at the same time, uh, our governments were speaking to the, the local River Rouge government on the U.S. side. The state was involved as well as at the federal level. I had meetings over in the U.S. side uh, at the Canadian consulate, et cetera, where some of these other people were represented, And they just kind of put their shoulders up in the air and said, there's not much we could do because it's a private company. Um, unless we can prove that they're violating some sort of uh, environmental act, and, and in the case there, the EPA, uh, there's not much that they could do. And and the other unfortunate thing about that is that where Zug Island is located on the U.S. side, there's not a lot of people that yeah. live there. It's not a nice place. But, you know, Windsor, we're just a little more than a kilometer across the river. So we had very densely populated areas being exposed to this. We're on the U.S. side where the EPA laws would be in effect. There wasn't anyone living there, very few people living there. So um, there's no teeth on, or I don't think a genuine desire on the U.S. side to, to do anything to this private company who, you know, to be honest, if you look at their history, um, not only at this location, but other locations throughout the U.S., they don't, they don't have a very good track record um, from the perspective of environmental stewardship.
1: Well, uh, the good news is you don't have to worry about it anymore because it doesn't look like it's coming back uh, to life on that side. But uh, congratulations on not being so evil. Yeah, it. You know, we
0: we were pretty sure that yeah. it, that it was from our investigation yeah. the, the blast furnaces, and then when they announced in two thousand and nineteen that they intended to mothball it, which actually happened in the, I think April of twenty twenty, and yeah, there were there were the reports stopped coming in of of, of the hum. So. I I think it's safe to assume that we were correct in what we thought it was, and hopefully it won't come back.
1: There you go. You got your conclusion because of a pandemic. Appreciate it, doctor. <laughs> Thanks. If it comes back, let us know.
0: You're welcome. My pleasure. I will do so.
1: Dr. Colin Novak joining us. So, yeah, I think that's fascinating. You're kind of powerless, David versus Goliath on that thing, but it was like over a decade having to listen to that.